Welcome everyone. I'm Rich Pasqua and uh, this is Web3 Unpacked in the studio with Daria Bogatavia. And we're happy to have her and she's from Wirt. And we talked to George, your, your partner, uh, last week. We had a really good conversation. You and I have been chatting back and forth and we finally got together because you're in town for uh, NFT NYC. And um, we're going to have a good conversation around uh, crypto payments and uh, and DAOs even. You know, that's kind of near and dear to both of our hearts. And I know you're very interested in it. And um, I think our audience would love to learn a little bit more. So welcome, Daria. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, my first time in New York. And oh. so I'm very excited to be first time in New York and <clears throat> on your podcast. So it's double the excitement from uh, what I've seen in um, NYC NFT. Uh, the projects are getting more complicated. I think it's the new wave mm -hmm. of uh, what is happening in Web3 um, because many projects are taking longer time to develop and actually to uh, think through. So some of them have been cooking for some time and are only ready now. And so I was very, um, very glad to see that these uh, projects are um, on display there. So, for example, the one that um, we've partnered with, uh, we did a warranty for NFT and we're the first ones to implement it, actually. And the guys called Avata, um, they have been um, persuading the underwriters to uh, do warranty for NFT for three years mm -hmm. and only now it is possible to actually do that. So anything that is connected like crypto and fiat and regulators is like takes ages and I'm very happy to see it finally be here in New York. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we've been interacting with different folks, um, either they've been on the show or not, um, and what they're interested in as far as what's happening in New York, right, this week, actually. And, um, yeah, it's it's the, some of the side events are pretty funky. The projects, like peeling back the layers of all those projects that you probably have been following, which you just said, uh, is really interesting because you know when you look, when I see NFTs, I see, you know, there the the original NFTs were kind of like the gateway to kind of understanding why they're important and ownership and you know. Um, uh, also a means of, of transacting and full communities and actual uh, platforms based on this. It's really, really cool to see that it's it's actually going deeper into the idea of utility, right? Yeah, totally. And, and uh, you know, creating autonomous type of uh, environments. And there's so many things you can bake into it. We have a client, uh, Andromeda Protocol, that we've worked with for years. And... They started off the, the same way, and actually, um, Cody Marks Bailey, who is the the CEO or the, the founder of Andromeda, he is the actual one of the co-creators of the ERC seven twenty one protocol. Oh wow! Yeah, so he is a super cool guy, super chill, um, and he's got extreme. Uh, and he, he doesn't even like the word uh, non fungible tokens. He doesn't even like it. Why? Uh, which is you know, I, I think he he um, 
I think he thought, um, you know, the, the non-fungible part was a big, big sticking part for him. Why is it non-fungible? He goes on to it. I, I'll have to do another show with him, uh, you know, unpacking that for sure. Uh, but interesting group, they're basically creating an OS so that you can drag and drop codeless style, uh, create your own NFT quasi applications that work for your organization, whether it be automation, or creating contracts or executing on contracts or supply chain type of situations. Um, really, really cool. And that's really when I kind of got the understanding that it's really not about the Bored Apes Yacht Club. You know, it, it is cool and it's fun and we all love it. But the utility behind it is is really key. So, yeah, it's fascinating. So um, we met with George which was great. Uh, we learned a lot about WIRT, but really like what's the, you know, what's a quick, just for our audience, just so it's just to remind them, like what is WIRT about? So first of all, WIRT is a German for value. Huh? So um, yeah, it is important because we try to build a payment module for NFTs um, that is uh, also in uh, alignment with Web3 principles. So we, when we are building it, we try to uh, keep it decentralized, as decentralized as possible, and to keep it on chain. So we do a lot of innovation there. So I would say Vert is uh, the platform for um, these innovators in Web3 space, but uh, at that, like for that stage of their development, when they finally want the common audience, like the common people outside in the streets to finally try the service and they want um, them to feel comfortable and safe uh, while buying their first NFT or taking part in um, DeFi or whatever the utility might come up in the future. Mm, mm. And I, I love it because, well, it, it actually allows people to pay with fiat or credit card like everyone knows how to do right now. And you guys behind the scenes, literally in just a couple of clicks, it's really, you know, I, I would say go um, to um, the Wirtz, Wirtz website and check out the demo they have there. It's really super simple. Uh, you you're converting to crypto and then you know it's up to you know them on how they handle their their tokens and whatnot um, but it is really quite a very seamless on road and I think you know it's important from an, an ad adoption standpoint um, that's how we're going to get more people into it um, so awesome and uh, thanks, thanks for sharing that and um, you're a co-founder co and I'm sure you do a lot of things. What's what's part of your every day? I would say from the very beginning, I was like more of a strategist um, and a philosopher um, because I would dive really deep into things and research it for a while before I come up with a new thing, an idea. And it's uh, usually it happens that <clears throat> it's really obvious for me. And I'm like, oh, we need to do this because this and that. And George is like, Actually, it's a good idea, but no one does it. And yeah, I should look into it. Yeah. And then we look into it together. And then, yeah, we need to do that. And that is basically how uh, 
the vert was created. I'm not sure wh what kind of story George told you, uh, <laughs> but um, we visited, we worked in marketing in his previous company. I worked in marketing and we visited the um, uh, Web3 Summit in 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, and it has like a very unique atmosphere because most of the people visiting it were developers and I would say kind of geeks that are really into the technical part of it. They were discussing code and they were discussing privacy and security and they didn't really care about mass adoption or something like that. They wanted like the big thing. And it was so different to the atmosphere at other conferences, mm -hmm. which were about uh, buy this new token, uh, get to this thing early, um, I don't know, earn, earn, and yeah. whatever. Uh, just, pump. Yeah, pump. just profit from it. So, um, um, yeah, we visited that thing, and um, I was thinking that um, this is very cool what they are building, and it definitely will be the new, uh, the new hype, uh, but they are building like there is no fiat money. Mm. Uh, and no one was thinking about how they help new users uh, to get onboarded into what they're building. And many founders at that time uh, had about like 30 users and they were very excited about it. So they were telling like our protocol does this and this and we have 30 users and um, we are planning to get to 1000 in um, six months. And this is like huge. Mm. So uh, we were thinking that this is like something to watch uh, and we should really think about it. So basically, this is how Vert was created. Mm. I love it because um, you're bridging old world to new world, which in any mass kind of like big evolution or even revolution, if you want to call it, evolution of technology, money, finances, anything, uh, you do need to kind of create those proper bridges so people can get on and experience yeah. what, what you're experiencing. Um, and I, I really like the idea that you guys early on saw kind of the white space, the gap. You saw problems and, you know, um, conflict or, you know, r you know, hurdles are kind of the impetus for innovation. So I think that's really cool. And it's a great story. Um, and it, it's a really cool product. Um, that's starting to be adopted by very large, um, large brands and, and different corporations uh, as we speak. So, <clears throat> Daria, one of the things that you and I have been chatting about um, a, a bit, you know, that's near and dear to, to both of us is the idea of DAOs or decentralized autonomous uh, organizations. And a lot of people don't really understand what it means and, you know, how they how it could be used. And I think it's like probably need about five, six, 10, 20 podcasts to cover the gamut to all this stuff. Uh, and it is um, to your point earlier, it's a philosophical rabbit hole that you kind of go into and you're like, wow, this is at first you're like, well, why would I? need to use this for my company or my organization or anything else and then you start questioning it and then you hear more chatter about it and you start to to, to kind of dig into it <clears throat> and you realize just like nfts it goes much deeper and it has more of a profound 
uh, it could have a profound impact on organizations, uh, governments, and complete countries, for that matter. Oh, um, yeah. In different industries, from finance to <clears throat> healthcare, who knows? What drew you to the idea of DAOs, and why do you think it's important? So it's it's an interesting question because I would go back to the same <clears throat> event. I think it was kind of life changing for me um, because there were like some master classes mm -hmm. uh, that they were um, holding and um, there was a group of people uh, drawing something on a whiteboard and had a very heated discussion <clears throat> and I just kind of sat near them because I wasn't participating uh, just to hear like what's going on and the question that they were discussing were like I, I don't know how to say it. it's very unique to hear this kind of thing they were saying so if we give them tokens and the um the voting is based on the amount of tokens you have then this is a system that is very easily hijacked you can basically like buy uh the majority and you just um how to say overthrow the the existing regime kind of which thing. is pretty much what we have today yeah right? uh, so it basically uh, means that the reach will have more voting power and they were like trying to find uh, uh, some way to uh, avoid that and they were discussing about the possibilities um, spoiler uh, they didn't find the way and I was thinking well but it, it is like the problem of like humanity it's not something that can be um just resolved like that well, within two hours in a master class uh, but the thing is that i was so excited that it was discussed at all yeah and that there are actually people that care about it and they try to mathematically mathematically or in any other way solve this mm -hmm. so yeah this is how <laughs> i got to know and then and then i'm like what are they discussing? Mm. And I okay, DAO. And there was also I I um, there was a uh, speech by uh, Maker DAO. They were explaining like how it works, and I'm like, whoa, this is unbelievable that these people really not just thought about doing that, but they actually started it, and it was already functioning at that time. So yeah, I was super impressed, and yeah, I'm still watching this uh very carefully like what's going on in that space yeah <clears throat> and again the idea of philosophy comes up for me for me personally a lot and it seems like for you too um because every time i see well the advent of of cryptography and the the adoption of cryptography into the idea of blockchain and crypto and all that brings up um and, and one of the terms i use use quite often is is the trusted web where web 3 is the trusted web and what does that mean it means there are no humans in between to make mistakes whether intentional <clears throat> or just accidental <clears throat> and what it does is it actually creates this trust bond um, that eliminates any corruption and <clears throat> i think people have a hard time understanding that two people actually can transact whether you're selling tokens between each other or a house or a car um, that's that blew my mind and then it, it throws me into like the idea of DAOs is that 
a group of people can be self-governing without the interference of uh, external governments or uh, any kind of external uh, audiences. And if you don't want to belong to it, you can just opt out and leave whenever you want. Um, that brings up so many philosophical questions to me. And, and I see these technologies as they are adopted more and more, it will shift society. It will shift people's thinking. Um, and that just blows my mind. And every time I read something, I'm like, oh, yes, this needs to happen now. Um, and it gets a little frustrating, but it's still exciting. And because like you were saying before, Daria, you know, you're just seeing after years, some of these NFT projects really kind of come to light, if you will. Um, but yeah, it opens up more questions for people sometimes than it does provide answers. But the answer is there. We just as humans have to make sense of it. So. Yeah, that's very deep. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't mean to get too, too crazy uh, with that. But, um, you know, the, the, this is why I think it's the most exciting, sometimes overwhelming period in history. You know, you, you had the mechanical evolution or revolution. Um, you have the digital age and everything else. And now it's the, you know, the age of, of information and whatnot. I think it's going to be the age of trust. You know, it's the one thing that's missing from society right now. How do you trust someone unless we're family or I know you on a very deep level? Um, it, it really is very difficult to do. Um, so, yeah, this the, this excites me and I, I, I love kind of peeling back the onion and, and almost running simulations. I'm sure you do similar things like if we if we implemented this in a government, not even the whole government, just a slice of something, maybe a social program. What would the effects of that be? You know, that's profound. Um, yeah. Once you really under, start to understand what it can do and the balance it can bring, right? So I think we were, we were edging into the discussion, and this is so fascinating, Daria. And I know you've been talking about this a lot and kind of really documenting your thoughts on <clears throat> the idea of, you know, what's happening uh, in France, right? And how they might adopt something like a DAO to make decisions or, you know, nationwide decisions on, say, um, their pension plans, you know? And then you could, if that works, you can adopt it for other types of scenarios or government scenarios. What, yeah. are your, what are your thoughts on that? Where is that going? So first of all, you said that trust is really important. And um, from <clears throat> what I'm seeing, um, I don't really think that uh, people see that in their everyday lives, that there is any issue with trust at all. They know that they generally don't trust governments. They don't trust corporations. They know it for sure. Sometimes they don't trust people they don't know. Sometimes they don't even trust people Companies they know. Yeah. yeah, but basically <laughs> uh, people trust platforms kind of. So they're getting used to it. We're getting used to it. And um, DAO is basically uh, a more um, autonomous way, like a, a more autonomous platform 
Well, uh, so this is what I think people should understand about that. If someone uh, is to learn about what it is and whether they need to use it or to look at it. So I would uh, say that this is a way to organize a platform for anything that is self-governed and that no one person or one entity uh, can just change while you are using it. Mm. So this is where the trust is needed. <clears throat> you need to trust that nothing changes while it is in the process of being used. So for example, we decide on some um, common usage of money, for example, we, we gather the money, we say, okay, we need to buy this thing for the community. And we need to trust that while in the process, nothing, the decision is not being changed. <clears throat> so this is like the easiest way, I would say, to understand why uh, like a certain group of people um, needs it. And the, um, the usage of DAOs, uh, like the successful examples, uh, are around the cases that are very, how to say it, um, that, are, that people can easily agree upon. So it is exchanges, lending platforms, DeFi. So this is something that is not controversial and people can easily agree mm. upon. Um, and I would say that if we think about the usage of it for um, for broader society, like do we need a do we need a city council to manage a dog park? Right, right. <laughs> I, I would love to see it just start in that size, small, bite size. Let's try it out in Central Park. Let's let's just get a group of people who really care about the environment that they live in, their dogs, um, and taking care of things uh, and create a small community. Uh, I love that. Start small, right? Yeah. Um, and But the thing is, um, uh, from what I imagine, uh, for example, if a group of people decide to manage their, uh, their dog park in the neighborhood and what they know is that they want, I don't know, more uh, I don't. What what do they actually have in the dog park? I don't know. More trees or more benches, less Water benches, bowls, fences. Yeah, fences like for for dogs to play. Something. You know, do we want to put little doggy duty bags? Uh, yeah. <laughs> dispensers. Yeah. Who knows? Environmentally friendly yeah. bags or something like that. So they know what they want, but as people are not really um, used to managing resources, and they used to um, government managing their resources for them, they don't really understand the odds of doing anything. Right. I, I wouldn't say like they don't understand at all, yeah. but there is no transparency about it. So I would say the first challenges that people are managing a dog park would face is that they will actually know how much something costs and how difficult it is to actually make it happen. So there is some company that produces these bags, the other companies producing the fences. It's hard to find them right now. This one is cheaper. This one is more expensive. If they get a fence, they don't get this thing, other thing. Vote so, on it. Yeah. So the thing is that um, what is uh, what would be cool to do is to actually have a list of dependencies and to vote for something, actually knowing what you're voting against at the same mm. time. So if we, for example, uh, um, I don't know, adopt uh, the neighboring territory of, I don't know, 
kindergarten for the dog park mm -hmm. then kids don't have place to play and these are decisions which are made by the government and uh, we are all used to saying that well government is bullshit it's horrible they're doing all the wrong things but they're actually making decisions and they're weighing them in and they need to like people need to start seeing how the decisions are being made that's yeah. what I was thinking. So exposure, right? So exposure to the, the decision making process and inclusion, right? So include if you don't want to be included, maybe you walk your dog there every day, but maybe you don't really want to be included in this whole thing and you're OK with the community making decisions for you. And that's OK. You can opt out. But now you, you have the choice of actually participating in it and actually prioritizing. Um, certain, yeah, prioritizing is, is the key. Exactly. Yeah, right? because, and that's how it starts, right? Yeah, you can do something, but later, or you can do this and not right. this. Yeah, prioritizing is the key. Um, so where was I with this? Um, yeah, the, um, uh, the government thing. So um, the, as I was saying, no transparency is uh can be a problem and for the uh members of the dao or the daos that exist right now they actually know uh, the money they are managing and what kind of decisions mm. they are making so and there is no such transparency uh for the countries or even for cities and so today before this uh podcast uh i was trying to actually find the um how to say the um how the decision about the pension plan was made in France mm -hmm. and I couldn't find <clears throat> like the only thing that uh, is being discussed in the press is that well the people are getting older they live longer and it's not good for budget to you know to keep it like that and uh, there are less people uh, that are working so it's not good and we need to do that but it's not how decisions are made. So anyone right. who runs the business knows that it is numbers. Right. And if like if it's not possible for budget, you, you need to know how much not possible. Right. And where the where the funds are going, where like um, certain social programs, even in America, um, Social Security. It sounds great. You know, we all contributed to it. But theoretically, my generation could be the last to actually see that. I'm not sure if my kids or anyone else um, in the next generations will participate or actually see funds when you're 65 years old, right? Similar situation, I think that will come up. Um, and the idea of DAOs is like collective decision making. And again, you can opt out, but if you're participating in it, you're seeing the data that's popping up. You're seeing oh, you know, um, Macron wants to use um, X amount of funds to invest. Where, where are you investing? Is it the NASDAQ? Or is it commodities? Is it, is it blockchain, uh, crypto? Where is the money going? And how risky is it? You can vote on risk. You can vote on the idea of taking your funds. Maybe you just use it as a bank. And the the government the, the they can't touch it, and you get exactly what you put in. Or let's hey, let's try and maximize our money and put it to work for ourselves, like any good investor would do. Where is it going? What's the returns? What's my statement? 
And everything is, to your point, 100% transparent. And now you're part of it. Now yeah. there's no questions. Yeah, and the other thing is that um, how politics work is that we do not vote for actual decisions. We just vote for, you know, People to options. make our decisions. Yeah, like, do we like this? Do we like this? Is this, like, morally better? Right. But it is not possible to tick all the boxes. So what I'm thinking is that um, well, as like how government was working for all like I don't know past several hundred years uh, comes from when people couldn't really physically make it to the right. voting point and they have to have delegates uh, someone to say a word for them and it, it totally makes sense made sense at that point in time but now we actually have likes in Instagram <laughs> Facebook right. We know how to vote for what we like, mm -hmm. and we can actually understand if the decision should be made. Like we can, like I don't think that people are little kids who cannot understand that you cannot have um, steak and I don't know a whole chicken for dinner <laughs> right. just because you cannot eat these two things. You, right. you will be full before you will eat second, right? So. Yeah, I think that um, there is a way through Web3 and DAOs to uh, kind of re realign this model of how we make decisions together with people. Mm -hmm. And um, so as DAO is actually a form to, to how to say, to, um, uh, to manage something together, Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Is it, yeah. is it like as a short version of Absolutely. Of it? Yeah, it's, a, it's, um, it's managing whatever. It could be anything, a dog yeah. park or social security or yeah, or you exchange. Know, exchange. Yeah. So I would say that government is basically a way for a collective to manage territory they are living on and make decisions collectively. So mm. it's just a DAO, but an outdated DAO. Right. So if it's it, it, this is a DAO and the other thing is a DAO, then we can innovate if we understand how it works. Mm. So um, what I was thinking is uh, lately looking at um, <laughs> French situation, I was thinking that, um, for example, now we are voting for politicians. We are voting for thought leaders. We think, oh, these people are saying the right thing. This is good for me as some target audience and I will vote for them but I don't actually see like what are the other options and I don't understand sometimes what the what are the problems that they're trying to solve mm. so uh, what if we instead of voting for politicians voted for problems to solve like we cannot tick all the boxes as I've said what if we have like we have problems with, I don't know, health organizations. We have problems with uh, pension. We have problems with poverty or, I don't know, homeless people is a big problem in, in France. Uh, like from what I've heard from the locals, they say, oh, this is a big problem. We need to do something with it. It's not OK for people to live in the streets. How we cannot do anything about it. And this is very moral thing to say, but as a management thing we need to understand how we can do that right so uh first of all we could um just give people a way to vote on problems that they want to be solved and the other thing what i was th thinking just today is that as we have now language processing models we can actually ask everyone on their like 
whole opinion about like you know feedback uh almost like trust pilot for countries mm. uh we can ask them like how do you like it living here what what problems do you have and if we process everything we have some kind of a data set that you uh, we can show back to people and say so like 60 percent of you um are concerned with this thing and 30 percent of you concerned with this thing so let's vote once again for all this thing because maybe you didn't know about the other problems and now you want to reconsider now we vote again and after we vote um certain people that work on policies and you know research of the situation they uh research the problem that people have voted for and they say okay we have this and we have like 10 types of solutions and then we just vote for solutions. We don't vote for politicians anymore. Like we could do that, actually. And I, I so I but would say. But then, what would happen to all the oligarchs, and the rulers, the rich rulers? What would happen? I, don't, I should. I, I love it. I, think it would be fine. I, hope <laughs> I love this fine. whole idea. Vote on the issues. Vote on prioritize and vote on the issues. It's agile. Not for the countries. person. Not their haircut. Not their skin color. Um, I love it. How utopian of you. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I see it. And that's the fair and balanced part of it, you know, that I love. Um, you know, one thing that that I've been really getting into lately, and I think this is a sweet spot for Twitter. And I know there have been under fire by everyone on the planet, like it or not, Twitter spaces I've tuned in night after night to some of the most introspective, interest, like outrageous, smart, or smart conversations about politics, governance, technology, art, design, everything. And it gets detailed and it's philosophical at times, but you hear lots of interesting people and the rooms are fairly created, uh, curated but they're open to everyone and you can opt to speak if you want and everyone's got a voice and it it seems to be it gets heated at times but it's i'm surprised at how civil it actually is and it becomes a town hall you could have those happen those could lead to decision making and prioritization and they're entered into the dow now they're entered into the the larger arena at that point um super fascinating how all these little mechanics can work together yeah it's funny how um like you would say the first thing you you replied is like what happens to oligarchs and <laughs> this is what usually happens like we say oh but it's not possible people cannot agree on anything and then we have like a real life example of people actually like behaving in a very you know like normal right. way and agreeing on things so, so i wouldn't say it's not really possible it's just something that's standing in the way. And from my, I would say, utopian perspective, <laughs> I would say that the thing is standing in the way is <clears throat> lack of information. Yeah. Yeah, because what people um, in, in France are saying that we do not agree, this is not a way to make decisions, you know, like one person cannot make decision against parliament, against people, against their interests. It's not okay. So they just want to be heard and this is why it all happens they just try to be as loud as possible and with some other mechanism maybe 
we don't need to be loud. Maybe we can finally turn to actually asking people. It's right. like it's like when you're building a product, what do you do first? Right. You go to your customers. You say, how do you feel about this? What works? What doesn't work for yeah, you? Where are how, your pain points? Exactly. What's going so, on? Right. So this is kind of agile for countries. Yeah, I, you I just, love that. Yeah. <laughs> agile for countries. Why, why don't you ask? people they like not in a way where they um where they're shouting and all right before it actually happens why don't you just ask them and actually listen to them yeah is it too utopian no i think it's 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 a good way to do yeah (laughs) absolutely and you know there are some people and maybe there are mechanisms or uh phased approaches to certain things you could be an individual like a lot of people in america and europe all over the place they're vocal all the time, whether it's Twitter or any other platform, uh, a social platform, they're vocal about it. Some are a little more polite than others, a little bit more educated than others. Um, those are going to be the people that are going to start these conversations and they're going to start the seed, right? And you might be, you know, 70 years old living in France and you know what, I, I just don't have the energy or the time to dedicate to this stuff, but you're able to read the crypt notes, the the, the the kind of the the meeting notes from a lot of other people's voices. And you brought something up earlier, uh, uh, even before we jumped on the podcast, is the idea of using AI. And it's not about putting a machine into a thing. It could have a, a set of governance models that it learns from. And it would learn from the community and help to make decisions. This is where the audience is going. This is where they're not going. This is what's been shelved or uh, deprioritized, if you will. That's fascinating. Yeah. So uh, the other interesting thing, yeah, uh, connected to AI is when uh, you um, organize a debate about some problem, what people tend to do, and it's just normal psychology that people confuse problems and probable solutions. Mm. So instead of actually saying what is happening to them, they tend to say, um, like, you should stop doing this. And the other the other part, which maybe relies on doing this, they say, no, we will not do that. Not possible. This is how the conflict starts. Mm. But um, there is no conflict in uh, a personal experience of a person. So if you, instead of saying like, you should do this, um, it should be possible for people to say, this happens to me. So as you say, like some 70 year old person, let's not take friends, uh, it, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> USA or some other country. So. Uh, for example, a person should not be knowledgeable in how government operates or how uh, economy works or whatever, but they certainly do know that they have been visiting some post office for 20 years and now it is not there anymore and they have to do this and this, uh, I don't know, send letters or, or whatever they <laughs> whatever they were doing uh, 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 at the post office. Um, now they have to find another way. They have to take transport. Maybe they, uh, I don't know, it's hard for them to drive a car, whatever. I don't know. But it will be personal experience. And it, it is not lie. It is never a lie. It is what just happens to people. Mm. So you cannot say, 
it is not true that you have this problem. You can say, oh, it's hard to resolve it at the moment, but at least you gather the feedback. Mm. So this is why I'm thinking that before that, it is not possible to listen to every person on the planet. It's just not possible. Like right. if government is like group of, I don't know, a thousand people, you cannot listen to all right. all the people in the country. But with the with um, AI, they can summarize. They can say like this uh, percentage of people uh, complained about this, and it will be like in a very nice, you know, um, structured in a very nice way. Which I think yeah. we all have tried with ChatGPT, like uh, <laughs> rephrase this, and right. it, it 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 can rephrase uh, people from different backgrounds with different um, uh, way of saying things. So, yeah, I think that this is what we should be thinking about. Uh, right. Like it can really change something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so many little nuances in there. I love the idea of like AI helping to structure a conversation, structure ideas and ways forward. Um, I love the 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 agile uh, government. I love that. Uh, I'm gonna have to borrow that at some point. Um, but um, I think it goes well beyond that. And to your point, it may be an older person in Europe or the United States that can't get to their postal service anymore because it's been eliminated. And now it's whatever it's by drone or whatever you're doing. And you're just not that person. Well, the data doesn't lie. And the data, once it's parsed, cleaned and, and, and separated and bundled, if you will, then that actually creates business opportunities for other people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what's not to say that in that very instance, Uber says, you know what? We took a look at this consensus data here that was aggregated by uh, uh, across two million people. And we're seeing this subsection of people who actually can't get to a location. We're going to help them out. Yeah. Oh, and we're going to have boxes in the trunk. Maybe it's, there's a whole different business model for them. So, you know, much like you said before, like data is the impetus for creating something better, right? Um, from a from a user design, you know, user experience design perspective, what's the first thing you do? Well, there's a problem. I see it. Let me talk to the people using this product or using this service or in a government situation or paying taxes for that matter. Um, let me talk to them. Let me go to their source uh, and, and see what what they need and where the where the pain points are. Uh, I think that's great. Um, and you could do a lot as long as it's the data is also governed because it's not you know, you just don't want data flying out all over the place. Oh, no, we don't. Uh, that's highly sensitive. But there is a way for governments and other organizations to actually take that and mold really interesting products and services based on it that satisfies the need of society. Right. So really interesting. Yeah. And this um, the thing that you've mentioned about business models, I've also been thinking a lot like how Web2 business models are actually shaping the world 
uh, we are having right now, for example. Uh, so I've, um, I've mentioned it uh, on a panel session uh, in Paris Blockchain Week, uh, but I still will be happy to uh, say it again um, because it's very dear to me. Um, so I was thinking that initially um, internet uh, was something very similar to Web3 now, it was free, it was for the community. Uh, people were doing all the stuff they thought maybe is just cool to do. And it looked like um, only people with lots of free time or just crazy people mm, right. are actually trying to do something um, there. And people were so used to having free content and free stuff on the internet that when Facebook happened and Google became very big and uh, Instagram. Um, I remember the talks about like it um, moving to subscription model and people were like, no, never. I will never pay for it. Like Facebook is mine. Right. And this is like very interesting because it's almost like um, a public good, uh, which, yeah, like should be it's almost managed. a right is it like almost a right to have yeah, it, right? yeah like it, it should be managed in a different way and this is also where DAOs should come right. but not in that year uh when it happened so and when they said no um so facebook still had to have its profits to finally be profitable so that's when they thought okay what do we have we have the data we we can structure it we can sell it so i i mean uh, it's it's controversial, but I don't blame them. What what could they do? You have to monetize somehow. Yeah, and then the greed comes, and then the investors say like we want more and more, more and more, and more because it's very yep. cool. Yeah. Um, so this is how it happened. We just didn't like we were not ready to pay for something like that because it was very new. And and more importantly, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, no, but it's okay. <laughs> You didn't ask for your data. A lot of people, yes. How many people do you know that read the T's and C's, you know, the terms oh. and conditions of Facebook? I mean, now they do. It's like scrutinized now. But uh, well, no one's looking. Mm, where did that? Where did that data go to Cambridge Analytics? Maybe and uh, was thoroughly abused. Uh, that's not good. So I could see a DAO maybe working its way into terms and conditions as well yeah uh, and any any platform for that matter yeah and so i was i was thinking that the business model based on advertisement uh so content and advertisement and this is how i don't know paid influencers happened and all this stuff mm -hmm. and um now people are getting angry about it they say oh we don't want to see advertisement we want peace and quiet we don't want to be influenced and etc etc and the only thing that should be done in order to avoid that is just to say okay no advertisement no sharing the data we switch to paying for what we have and many maybe managing the data for for like for your needs for how you want it to be for, mm. so, because for example i think that Netflix should be using data of what people like and what not, because otherwise we will not see what sure. we like, right? Right. So uh, things like that should be happening, but in another way. So I'm thinking that Web3 and DAOs can also change business models. And business models is basically what frames us 
to behave in a certain way because what is profitable and what is not we will be doing what is profitable obviously and if mm. something is not possible we will not switch to something more humanitarian just because it's cool to do that it's moral to do that right 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 which definitely is is the rub uh with everything personally um you know i don't think you know marketing advertising like advertising should go away no no right it 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 offers services and products to people that they otherwise might not have thought about right you're it is about options right so i'll go there um but one of the examples i use all the time and i love i gave a presentation on this a, a while ago is is brave the brave browser right it was created by um brendan ike i believe he was the um founder of uh javascript you know he was the guy who started it all um got that that whole language going and obviously it's a big part of everything we do every day um you have the option to put up your shields and not see anything or you can participate in viewing advertisements but you get rewarded then you could take your rewards and they're to it's tokenized or uh, basic attention tokens i think they yeah, call yeah, them yeah. that and now you can do whatever you want with them and it's like you know what i want to um i want to drop some tokens on a friend of mine who has a really great podcast or she writes these amazing um you know white papers or thought leadership pieces and i want to support her and now that's your option your now you you have an option to see it and not see it and then perhaps those options become dialed in they're more and more dialed in you can fine tune it there's another topic that oh gosh i can't wait to find a bunch of people or a couple of people to talk about the idea of using your data why why is my data being used and extracted from me and then used actually, behind my back right i actually have an answer oh oh oh, oh. before you go there <laughs> But the idea of now, we are the platform, right? We, the users of the platform, my data, Daria's data, it's ours. And we know if we give a little out, we're going to get. But it's up to you as the individual on what data you give out. Maybe you don't want people to know your age, your sex, where you, obviously where you live or whatever it is you can limit all of this stuff and it can be kind of flatline but it'll still be used and you'll be rewarded for it the more detailed information or first party party information uh, or data that's worth its weight in gold so you may be rewarded with whatever who knows but um that the interesting topic and i think it's related to a lot of what yeah, we're, we're talking about here. i was just thinking that um i i um i really don't like the idea of you know like why didn't we do that um because i actually remember why people didn't know it was valuable right. <laughs> that's why we don't have rights to our data in that um in that amount that we want to right now so that's why the things are changing and we had to invent all these things and web3 and everything we just didn't know before someone um found a way to monetize it and yeah. it's you know like this is philosophical oh yeah then like oh wow billions upon billions of dollars are being made off of 
everyone's my data, my name, my data, my photo, whatever it is. Yeah. They're cashing in on on, on everything. And what that's dogs a, are like. It's a great point, And it's something that we shouldn't forget. Because I started out in the 90s when the Internet was just, you know, popping off. And, you know, we're... You create your first web page and oh look i got a little yeah. store and and it's all fun back then i was just like let me have fun i want to create games i want to play games i want to do research and i want to go on the social media account or multiple social media accounts and you don't really think about what the ramifications are no again no one was looking and then it's like oh by the way in the tiny tiny fine print we use your data to sell other products or do blah, 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 whatever it may be. People get to know it. Legal gets on it. Uh, I think this could be a violation of people's uh, personal uh, uh, and data rights. So um, you, you're 100% right. People were just not cognizant of it. You know, even the people grokking the data weren't cognizant of it until a light bulb went off and said, oh, this is a good way to make and money. And I think many people didn't even know about the business model of all these platforms that they were using. So I remember many people um, using them. And when I asked them, do you know how they actually make money? People would say, have, have no idea. Yeah. They have many, uh, many users. And basically, the more users they have, the more money somehow they have. Yeah. And no one, I remember asking people and no one could answer. And I'm like, this is weird how something so big can exist yeah and no one knows how so yeah this is also the thing like people like it should be i think it should be written in terms and conditions like thoroughly like we use this and this is our business model yeah and, yeah this is a better way to to do things absolutely and i think you know in the spirit of the the discussion around DAOs, uh you and i actually touched on this before even before the podcast is the idea of and you brought it up before, like, yes, we have millions and millions and millions of users, but are they the right users? Are they the right people? Are they the right audience? Are they spending money? Are they campers? Are they just whatever they're doing? Um, to me, communities are about quality and not quantity. Um, so I think the idea of, you know, DAOs being able to, um, how do I, how should I put it? Like, um, synthesize the quality of discussions, the quality of people, um, whether it's your background, where you live, your income, whatever you decide as uh, the end user to give away as far as data, that is synthesized and that becomes super valuable even though you know one community has 10,000 and one another one has 10 million. doesn't mean it's all good. So I think the value, um, and I think the idea of value is shifting, right? Certainly with you and myself over the years, what is value? There are podcasts and books and all this stuff that I actually love to dig into on the idea of what is money? What oh, is money? Oh, I love it. Money? I know you. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. What is money, right? So uh, the idea of and that leads to, well, it's a it's a source of energy that allows you to do something else, perhaps, right? Because you worked for some of that money. Now you can expend that energy in different ways. But really, is it a piece of paper? 
I mean, we live in the digital world for the past 30, 40, 50 years with credit cards and whatever else. It's all digital. It's just the shift of ownership. It's the shift of, shift of control, right? That freaks people out. And that's the chasm. That's the, the chasm people have to jump over mentally and go, well, what's, what's the value of an NFT? Well, you own it. You actually, you can do whatever you want with it and no one is attached to it but you. That's powerful. Um, now you attach business logic and, and uh, other components to it and it becomes a really utility-driven type of scenario. But um, people don't understand that, you know, oh, why are you, the most common question like years ago, and I got sick and tired of going, you really should just put a few bucks in Bitcoin. Well, what is it? Well, it's a form of energy. It's a form of this. It's a form of uh, alternate savings, if you will. Um, well, why, why does it have value? Well, it's because the collective deems it valuable. Why is the dollar or the yen valuable? Because the collective says it's valuable. And once that starts growing, then it... You know, and then market caps start to grow and, and volume starts to grow, and then businesses are built on it. Transactions like WERT, you know, that's real. That's a real economy. Now you're building real economies around something that some people would call fictitious or vapor. And it's not. I have a wallet, I can see it just as I can go online and see my bank account. Same thing, just a little bit more free. Yeah, exactly. And this is why everyone is so excited about um, tokenomics and circular economy at the moment, yeah. because this is another way for um, for people to dive into it and to start actually seeing how value is being shifted from one person to another, how it is being created and how actually economy being circular mm -hmm. works. Because people tend to think that, oh, I have money, either I spend it, then I don't have it, or I get it back. So it's like very, dis how to say it, like, um, it's just one action, then another action is not really interconnected with anything else. So yeah, I'm thinking that as, um, for example, um, if we say communities, as uh, people um, have WhatsApp chats, about anything they're doing together they're like whatsapp mm -hmm. chats for uh for a house or for a kindergarten or like yeah, the groups community yeah, groups yeah right? whatever and they usually are heated conversations there but what if they didn't use whatsapp what if they used some kind of DAO? yeah and this is how they educate themselves and then whatever platform you use to chit chat uh discord we're going to use discord for our 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 DAO eventually uh, we use Discord every single day. We have internal communications, we have client communications, and then we have external communications. Anyone who wants to join the ARC DAO, come in, uh, the ARC uh, Discord channel. Now you can kind of segment and you can have all your DAO people here and you're making decisions and you're discussing, and you're having the philosophical questions and then, oh, there's a client that needs help. Okay, cool, blah, blah, blah. That's one way. You could use any other, you can use any other of the platforms to plug into that. So I think that's one thing that people need to understand is like you're not abandoning your favorite communities. You're actually making them stronger uh, and more con more fair. Yeah, because it's easier to, you know, to learn new tools for a cause that is dear to you personally. Right. 
uh, because I don't know, dog park, the same thing. Yeah. If you care about your dog, you will learn how to how to uh, operate this thing, how to set it up, how to devoting. You will very uh, quickly learn like what are the obstacles and how to overcome them. But if you just say, oh, there is a landing DAO and uh, like, for example, you put uh, USDC there and you get ETH, but you don't buy ETH, so it's good for you and you just get it. And, and people will say, I don't need neither of it. Right. <laughs> like, no, right. and I don't need USDC. I don't need ETH. I need to go for a walk. I need to go to work. I don't know. I need to read a book. Yeah. So that's why people are not adopting it. Yeah. And if you say you can actually make decisions and you can, uh, it will be fair and you are sure it is fair. Yeah. And you're going to enhance your experience or your dog's experience in this, <laughs> in this, in this <laughs> right. case, right? right? It's about enhancing the experience. Um, tokenomics, you can go crazy with all sorts of monetization within a community. You can split revenues. You can do anything through NFTs or whatever. But ultimately, it's about making decisions for what's important to you yeah and also the last thing about <laughs> about dao is it is also a, a way to make something happen uh because uh like how to for example um indie movie making like let's say so we need a big budget we need people to come together but actually uh you can always say we don't really need a big budget we just need a crew and we did a good idea and we need to work on it. And if it works and we have a way to distribute it, we can actually make a better film. Like if we if we are, I don't know, professionals, we mm. can make a better film than they do there. Um, but we can't because how do we trust each other that everyone has their fair share and that it when it is um, distributed and when it's in cinemas or it's in some streaming service that uh, I don't know some cameraman or best boy actually gets uh, the, their share through DAO you can right. actually organize it through a DAO so, tokenization NFTs yeah. smart contracts um, you know it, since we're on the topic we have uh, we work with with certain uh, blockchain protocols that have even more interesting for me was learning how they set up their actual work force and work economy. So developers, obviously, hot, hot, hot. You know, you learn, you know, you've got a bunch of Rust developers and maybe they're, they want to contribute to their project. And maybe they've selected two or three projects they're working on. Well, you get what you put in, right? So... They run it through um, bug tests and validation testing for code. Um, and, you know, it turns out Daria's code is hitting home runs all the time. And she's consistent and she's spot on. Well, guess what? You're making money. You're not. And these folks don't want to be paid in cash. They don't want anything to do with it. They want either Ethereum, crypto, any kind of crypto, or they're earning said token or stable token within that community. And um, it works really, really well. You performed, check. You passed this, check. You just got rewarded again and again yeah. and again. And you may be doing this across three projects, four projects, maybe even more. Who knows? The thinner you spread yourself out, the thinner your 
your profits will be. But that economy, and it works really seamless. There's no arguments. There's no one calling HR. There's no one doing this or that. It's just uh, cool, man. I showed up. I produced. It's all good. See you next week. And uh, I, I love that. There, there's all these little weird sub, sub economies starting, um, and they're not even weird to me. They make perfect sense. Yeah, they do. It's like, uh, oh yeah, this is how I thought it should be all the time, but for some reason it wasn't. Right. So this is what DAO and Web three is to me. Is like, yeah, this is how it should be done, not how it was for some reason before. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, you know, as I have these more and more of these conversations and you're reading and you're like, oh, I want to, you know, pick a platform for myself or start this or that. You realize that um, it actually is the gateway to true democracy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. It actually is. And you start to, for me, the the. The blockchain journey, the Web3 crypto journey for me, was actually learning in reverse. So you start to read about Ethereum and wow, this blows my mind and Bitcoin and the cypherpunks and Satoshi Nakamoto and this is all exciting and it sounds sci-fi and part of it is. But ultimately, you start to have to go back and go, what is money, right? What is how did people in the 1800s or kingdoms in the 1500s, how did they rule the people? And then you start to see and you go through history and it's like, oh, it's all about control. And that's okay in certain situations. But for me, it was learning in reverse. So once you start, like I always had my nose pointed at highest tech. How do you use it? What can it do for me? Can improve this and that, and then you realize, oh, once it becomes like super, you know, financial or DeFi in that in that world, you have to kind of go back and look at what has been controlling society, what has been doing good by society, what has been doing bad by society. So to me, it actually is the impetus for the first real, true democratic or democ democracy, if you will. Uh, within the masses. It's interesting. Yeah, I would love to see that. And yeah, actually, your question, like, what is money? This is another another story, like how Vert started, because we were in our first office. Um, and uh, I think what was we just decided that we are doing the new best fiat on ramp, which is for the future. This is what we had. And that's mm. all. And we were in one of the rooms at the at the whiteboard, and I was saying like, okay, guys, um, to to George and our um, finance specialist, I was saying, so let's discuss this. What is money? And they're like, no, we need to discuss how we do this and this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's really answer me. What is money? Why do we need it? What mm -hmm. is the use case? And when they actually started, like brainstorming with me it was very interesting like we found out that i don't know some of the uh, misconceptions about uh how we can go without or whatever is like not really was not really true like for example we say oh like it's more native to just exchange things and i was saying oh we, you cannot really exchange um your house for 
30 haircuts, uh, one ton of grain, right. uh, I don't right. know, two nice rocks that you found on the road. <laughs> so it's just, it's this yeah. kind of, um, this kind of traits just are not possible. So it's mm. not true that money is evil or something. It's, it's a normal thing to like a normal way. You need to, to, to have some kind of measurement system. Right. And the other thing is that if you really work hard and then you don't want to work for some time and you move to another country, for example, how do you prove to uh, a nice restaurant owner in Italy that you worked hard and you can actually have your cocktail here? Mm. You can't. Right, so right. I, I totally don't agree that it's evil or we don't want like uh, we are against, uh, you know, saving money or like there, there is all these talks at the moment that mm. you cannot have your money stored into uh, into big volumes or something like that. So, no, actually, it's um, it's a good thing. We just need to listen to each other and do the right decisions, understand the odds and it will be fine, I guess. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, again, once you jump the chasm, you start to understand the importance of this technology, right? It forces it forced me, it forces people back to go, oh my gosh, this is how we've been doing it for, for forever. Uh, and it actually doesn't sit right with me. Now that you've been introduced to something really interesting, that could fundamentally change society. And I 100% agree with you, Daria. Money is necessary. It's just going to look different. That's all. It's going to flow differently. And I think people will have more options uh, and opportunities. Um, and it, things within the financial world will be a little bit more ironed out and more democratized. Um, and I think DAOs are, are a big part of uh, of all of this and and from a, from the dark park to in uh, you know major investments and and perhaps um you know major government uh decisions and programs um so i i'm gonna keep digging i know you're gonna keep digging I will. and um this has been fascinating uh any last words or as we wrap up a little bit you know i think that my last words would be um so um, when I started learning about cryptocurrency, the most difficult thing was to actually visualize how it all works, because what you find is so um, uh, this this block is mined and then this happens and all these technicalities, but you cannot really understand. So what miners do? what how yeah, this right, happens right. like where, where is it stored like how proof of work and, proof yeah, of stake yeah. yeah and i had to like i think i had to reread it and write myself the concept to understand at least 30 times before i actually grasped it like it was such a such a difficult journey so i wouldn't um i wouldn't be snobbish about people who are reluctant to learn about DAOs and Web3 because the only thing you can find on the internet, like mostly what you can find, is technicalities. When it is already being used, people are discussed, oh, what protocol are you using? Oh, how you do that? Oh, right. what is the fee? What are you lending? What are you getting? Or and what about the, this? Yeah. And you just hear all the, all the buzzwords. You don't understand what's going on. So I think it, it is very important to have sometimes to have conversation like this when we kind of dissect it and go back to like the, uh, you know, kind of uh, simplify 
um, the equation and look at it in a very simple manner so that everyone understands. So this is the transaction, this is the interaction, this is the decision, and this is we coming together to make a decision, that's it, and vote for it. 100%, I couldn't agree more. And it took, you know, I knew it was important years ago, like in 2013. So I got involved and it was minor investments at the time and, you know, just tinkering and playing with it. And it was about getting a wallet. And what does it mean to have a digital wallet? And what is this currency? And you're like, okay, you put it in, you forget about it for a while. And then you like, you start to research it and you start to understand. And to your point, it's not something that you're going to, I don't care how smart you are, what your IQ is, what you do for a living, it, you're not going to get it in one conversation. You're not going to get it from a, an online tutorial or from someone on YouTube. You have to actually study it a little bit. And use it. Once it, and then it, perfect, yes. Uh, you got to use it. You got to touch and feel and see, oh, I just sent money across the world yeah. to Europe to a friend for something and I paid a fraction of a penny to do it. And it was like that. Yeah. With no one looking, you know, and it's great. Um, and I think that's the important part. And I think that's what turns people off sometimes. Like, it's too much. I don't need to take, you know, I don't need to uh, go back to college to learn how to manage money. Well, no, there's a lot of people who are into it right now that are figuring out the road signs, figuring, laying the pavement for the superhighway. Um, but you do need to spend some time with it. And you do have to understand psychologically, philosophically, how this potentially could change the world. And it will, and it is. So, um, Daria, for our listeners, you know, hit up Wirt, check them out. They have a great little and very simple little demo, which I love, just shows you on and off, like on road, fiat on road, and, you know, crypto, here we go. Uh, from there, you get your wallets. There, you start sending money back and forth. Maybe it's to your friend just to try out or whatever it may be. Or you're actually buying products. Um, this has been a fantastic discussion, and I've been really meaning to get more people into the, the studio, so I'm glad you joined us. And um, I don't think this discussion is going to end uh, here. I think we're going to definitely with you in the, in the future for sure. Uh, whether it be remote or in person again in New York, because we would love to see you again. Oh, so, uh, yeah, we'll be glad. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we need to have these conversations, you know, uh, the world does, and they, they need to tune in. Yeah, thank you so much. That uh, that has been very interesting for me, and it was very important for me to also share some of my thoughts because I usually am just working on concepts, not really sharing much with the audience. So yeah, thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, and and I, look, you just keep bringing up more and more stuff. Get out there, have ask uh, ask questions, have conversations with people, um, and start learning. Yeah. That's how you learn any new hobby or new work thing. You have to kind of get involved. Once you start reading and listening, you're going to learn and you're going to you're going to love it. And it's going to be um, very, very important to do that. So thank you again, Daria. Thank you. Uh, we look forward to having you and George back on uh, for different topics. And um, thanks for going deep with us. Thanks.